Hello and welcome to Unit on Chain, a podcast series from Unit London. My name is Abigail Miller and I'm the Associate Director of Web3 at Unit London. Unit on Chain offers a ground for critical discussions for artists and thought leaders from the Web3 ecosystem. Season one of our podcast coincides with In Our Code, a highly anticipated exhibition of generative and digital art in partnership with AOI, on display from September 13th to October 15th, exclusively at Unit London. In today's episode, AOI talks about his experience in collecting digital art, the role of the collector, and how NFTs have changed the collector and artist dynamics. Listen on to find out more. Hi, welcome to Unit on Chain. We're very excited for our first episode, and we have our first guest, AOI, which stands for Art on the Internet. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here to chat with you guys. Very nice. So, AOI, can you kind of explain what Art on the Internet is and what does it mean? Yeah, so AOI, like what you said, Art and Internet, we're a movement for sort of emerging art and technology. And our mission is to elevate digital art and really sort of push this space forward. It came about probably one or two years ago, and it came from more of an appreciation of all things design. But yeah, like we we, we created it about probably one or two years ago. Can you kind of give more of a story on like the story of entering the space one to two years ago? Like what did it look like back then? Definitely. You know what? So the very first time I bought my NFT, it was quite an interesting story because I heard about NFTs. I saw a lot of people buy NFTs and I got curious. I was like, okay, people are buying JPEGs for a lot of money. And back then things were selling for, I think, 10 to, to 30 to $50,000. And back then that was huge. And at that moment in time, some pieces of artwork were selling for, you know, about a quarter of a million dollars. And yeah, I was like, I was just very intrigued. So in the beginning, I, I wasn't a believer. You know, I believed in art. I've always loved art and design and really understood the artistic process behind what goes into the pieces. In the beginning, I wasn't sold on NFTs until I bought my first NFT. It was life-changing. You know, straight away, the artist reached out and, and I was like, oh my God, like, this is crazy. The artist reached out and then we started chatting and straight away, I was like, wow, the network effects of digital art is crazy. I've never experienced art like this before. And first, the artist reached out. Secondly, the community reached out as well. And then third, I literally got hooked. Every day you could see these communities that surrounded these different artists and, and it was just growing and growing. And as each artist released new works, the more excitement the community got. And back then, you know, before Journey of Art, before Art Blocks, this is right at the beginning when people just literally, they were literally minting just literally JPEG or a GIF file. It was the Wild West. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it was pure in the way that it was more about the art back then. You know, there was no hype. There was no PFPs. There was no everyone, you know, gamifying purchasing of the nft it was just purely art you know and it was such a pure space can you say who did you first collect what who was that artist oh good question um it may have been either fuck render or krista kim and actually maybe it was fuck render well he was one of the first artists that, that really caught my eye. And back then, you know, it was kind of like, you know, when you search sort of NFTs, there's only a pocket full of artists that, that everyone was collecting, whether it was Ferocious or, or Xcopy or Pack. Those are some of the big names back then. And these days, right, you know, you hop on Twitter, you search NFT and it's just crazy. Everything just comes up. 
you know, about a year, a year to year and a half ago, back then, you know, you would search on Twitter and the community wasn't that big. So when you search art on, on Super Rare or some of the early platforms like Maker's Place, it was very much a, a connection that you had between the artwork and yourself and the artists versus now, you know, the, the price of the piece, how many in the edition, how many were minted. Everyone's obsessed over plan for the PFP project versus very much the experience between you and yourself and, and, and the artists. Yeah, it's definitely the ecosystem's changed a little bit since our getting started like two years ago. For you, what have you seen as like the biggest changes for you as a collector and then just artists you see working in the space? Yeah, so it's, it's in the beginning, you know, I, I always say you know, it was very much about art. It was a very pure space and there were, you know, two different communities, right? There were people that dabbled in the world of crypto and, and they collected NFTs because it was just their passion, their hobby. And then on the other spectrum of crypto, there's a lot of sort of the DeFi users, which, you know, they, they call them, they trade some of the altcoins and all that sort of stuff. And, and you know, they would just there to flip altcoins and, and make money. And, you know, nowadays, you know, with PFPs or any of these new big drops, you see a big sort of rush to really, people are on these whitelists <laughs> and they jump through hoops and hurdles. They, they go through everything to be, to join the Discord, to get access to the whitelist and, and to get the pre-mints and, and all this sort of stuff. And, and back then, as strange as it sounds, you know, if artists created a larger series of work, the value came from collecting the first, you know, number one to 10 of the particular series. So a lot has changed in that sort of way. But I think, you know, nowadays, you know, it's a lot of art has become more than just an image or, or, or a file. We're starting to see technology really, really combine with art and creativity. And, and that's where I think it really spawned kind of this sort of perfect timing between Journey of Art, which came from the 1960s, to this sort of NFT art form, which, you know, artwork is forever on the blockchain. And, and, and I think when Artblocks first created, you know, the, the first sort of, you know, on-chain artwork, that was a moment in time where the best of both worlds met. Finally, you know, the people that were creating algorithmic art from 1960s, all of a sudden now they had this sort of platform that really, I would say, <laughs> validate and, and, and gave art as sort of a monetary tradable value, which um, never existed in the, in, in the past in, in this sort of way. Yeah. Before NFTs, were you familiar with generative art? You know what, I've always um, appreciated Journey of Art, but not in the scale of how it is today. And that's where, you know, if, if you look back at, you know, collecting objects or art or anything back before NFTs, you know, you would have to store the piece of art and then you have to send your piece of art to, to whatever auction house wanted to do it. And so there was a lot of sort of, and if you want to speak to that artist, right, how would you find the artist? You know, the, the artist probably lives in a remote town in Europe somewhere. And, and you know, back then there was no internet. So I think what NFTs and blockchain technology has given it, it's really connected literally, you know, artists and collectors from all around the world. You know, like this never happened before, before in the past. It's like art that's fueled by connectivity and, and, and communication and, and it's all instant. You know what I mean? Like you buy a piece of art, straight away you speak to the artist and straight away you speak to the community. You really feel like you're part of the artist's journey. And, and, and you know, of course, you know, what other art form has, has, has Twitter been the dominant sort of social network for it? And, and I think that's a really important point that as much as people think that NFTs are just JPEGs that you see and, and look, it's much more than that. It's really a, a key into the artist's world. By owning a piece of NFT, you really 
in a way, you, you own a piece of the artist's digital life, in essence, right? Because at that moment in time, when an NFT w- was minted, you know, you know, you know exactly what was going on. Everything's recorded on the blockchain. Every single large drop, the Fidenza and, and all these incredible large series, you know, it's, it's all a part of history. And, and funnily enough, you know, there are NFT collectors that they call them the archaeologists of the NFT world. And they collect things, right, that were, you know, well, they go back and say, hey, what was the first ever NFT project minted on the blockchain? And they'll collect that. And then they'll go through literally the whole history of the blockchain and be like, okay, what existed that nobody knows? And then I, I want to try and get that first piece of history. So it, it's, it's quite a, a unique sort of funny world. Yeah. I also would say like your collection is, in one of my opinions, like one of the best out there. Was there kind of like a moment that was like a switch that you just started collecting like widely? And what were your first takes of like getting into those personal relationships with artists? Because when I think of art on the internet, I see how much you truly care about the space and every artwork you collect, you establish that relationship with the artist. Can you kind of speak more to that in like how AOI has grown as well in the last two years? Yeah, so, so when I first got into the space, um, it was really just about collecting artwork that I, I really, really loved. It was almost like, you know, I'd scroll and scroll and scroll. And, and at the moment, a piece would stop me. And I'd be like, wow, that's quite incredible. Then I would sort of, you know, look at, okay, who's the artist, right? I'd hop on Twitter. I would see how the artist communicates with the community and, and see, you know, see how him or her, her is as a person. So it was very much a experiential sort of thing for me. Um, and, you know, from that moment, as weird as it sounds, I really wanted to sort of figure out ways to try and push this space more forward. And, and to be honest, that, that's really where AOI came from. You know, the collecting of, of the artwork isn't really quite AOI. You know, I just collected under this this brand that, that I was just slowly, slowly uh, um, building. But yeah, so, so, so my collection, you know, a lot of people in the space are singly focused in collecting. There's one particular genre of art that they're really zoning on and they really, really just focus on that and then they collect that one particular type or genre of art. For myself, do you know what? I love all types of art, to be honest, you know, especially things that are experiential or, or things that really harness technology. And, and I do believe in probably the next one or two years that a lot of NFTs will evolve to become sort of metaverse-specific NFTs. Because just experiencing what is possible in the last probably one and a half years, you realize that you can you put on a, a VR headset. And in that moment in time, you can be transported in the most incredible world possible. You know, it, it's out of this world. And through that ride, it's kind of like, okay, all of a sudden, you know, I'm seeing artwork on a screen. You know what? Why not see artwork in the most incredible space that you've built for your artwork? You know what I mean? And with technology expanding as well, you know, now we're starting to see NFTs, which are almost like application or softwares in, in themselves. There's things that you can play around with the code, which changes the artwork, or the things that stream in data. There's things that, you know what, use old technology in, in ways which make it beautiful. So I think one side of NFTs where, you know, technology and, and creativity come together to form the NFT, I think that's a really, really unique thing because for a first-timer, for someone who's never been interested in NFTs, they really associate NFTs with visual data streaming. You know, Rafik Anadol, you know, he's probably one of the people that people see his artwork and say, like, oh, that's an NFT. You know what I mean? Versus 
you know what, a, a traditional painter or a photographer who has minted their work as an NFT. So I would say that all those mediums are, you know, pushing the space forward in the world of NFTs, but I, I do have a soft spot for NFTs that, that are created with technology in, in a creative sense, because <laughs> it's all technology. No, that's great. And I can think you can kind of see that in your collection as well. And that gets me to the next question of what you and the greater brand of AOI is working on right now. And maybe we can talk about inner code a little bit. No, definitely, definitely. So, so in our code, you know, it, it comes from a passion of mine. That moment in time when Genev Art combined with sort of on-chain artwork and that sort of whole art locks movement, I think that was a moment in time which really, really caught my attention. It was the melding of sort of the Genev Art world with sort of the, the crypto DeFi world and all these different communities coming together. And um, some of their most craziest collections out there, you know, collections of a 1,000, which in the traditional sense, you know, to create a series of 1,000 is crazy. To make sure that they all do well and they all trade well and everything in the past, I don't think that that's, that's ever, ever happened. So in our code is seeing what's, what's happened in the space, but giving it even more focus. It's like what you said before, it's going back to understanding, you know, where all this came from. It's reaching into the past and pulling at the future at the same time. I'm speaking with a lot of these incredibly talented journey of artists, you know, it's, there's always something that resonates and, and it's that thing of, you know, how do we use code in a way to create something human? And a lot of people, when they see Geneva, they always say, hey, I can just do this in Photoshop. It's so easy, right? I can just put in a filter and boom, it's done. But actually to do it in code, to use code to create things that are very human or have a lot of soul and spirit to it, I think that's something that really drew me into in our code. And, and you know, and I think that the original name that, that we talked about, you know, in our image and code really resonates that, you know what, a lot of these artists, are, you know, creating things that are part of themselves. And each artist comes from a different background, a different part of the world. And through their art, you can really feel what their spirit is about. And, and a lot of these journey of artists, you know, that they've been creating journey of pieces for a very, very long time. And, and one thing I, I really love to do is literally, I, I love putting an artist name into Google and I will literally just try and track all the way back to the very first body of works. And, and, and I'll literally go through from, from day one all the way till now and, and really try and understand, okay, this is what they're about. This is where their philosophies and ideas come from. Oh, wow. You know, I, I see that this particular piece influenced this piece three years later. And seeing that sort of journey and story of what made them who they are and how the artwork has evolved, I think that's kind of the reason why, you know, I, I really wanted to you know, partner with you guys, you know, to create this sort of ongoing show because I think in our code, our mission really is to champion and showcase the future of Junibard and the effect it will have on our world. Yes. And for listeners, In Our Code is an exhibition in partnership with AOI that Unit London is putting on here in London that will be showcasing 11 generative artists. This show specifically is going to be focusing on the input-output relationship, and we'll talk about that in a second. But AOI, you mentioned a great point. What we plan on doing with in our code is to make it a durational exhibition and something that lives beyond just like one show. And so I think it's something important that we highlight is we're taking generative art as a movement and really championing that. And it really came from like your idea and how passionate you have been about these artists. And so like, how do you see like in our code living on past this one show? 
You know what? That's actually what really, really excites me. Like, I think this show being in the heart of London, you know, focus on one artwork. And I feel like what we're going to work on next is sort of larger series, right? Which takes general art out of the traditional sort of sense where you have artwork displayed on a wall and makes it a, an experience. So this is where a lot of, sort of people that aren't in sort of the web-free sort of NFT space don't really get the chance to experience madness and, and joy and wildness that comes from this sort of space. And why not display all the components which makes a generative drop in particular so exciting and so unique and making it performance-based, making it experiential. I guess the goal is it's almost like going to a rock concert. We wanted to make it very experiential. We want to make it an event that travels around the world, like you said, that appears at you know some of the biggest art events of the year, whether it's Art Basel or Threes. You know? um, so we want to make the performance or the act of purchasing and collecting journey of art and also at the same time, you know, knowing the artists, very, very exciting and experience that doesn't exist collecting any other art in the world. Yes. And we're super excited. Coming back to the show that opens on September 13th in our code, specifically looking at the relationship of input output. What does that kind of relationship mean to you? And also you had such a hand in picking the artists with us. And I want to talk about each artist a little bit with you as well. No, definitely. I think yeah, input output is, you know, in a way, it is a, another distillation of what really goes into the mind of these incredible artists. If we talk about it in a non-code sense, they're literally putting their soul through their keyboard, right, into lines of code and letting the algorithm really dictate randomness. And then once the randomness is created, they go through and, and choose, I guess, the randomness, which connects directly back to the soul. So it is kind of like relinquishing trust, but at the same time, you know what, having that trust that the algorithm will give you that feeling that, that you want to achieve. So the input, output, the IO, the, the simplicity of the I and the O, I, I think is something that is really, really beautiful. And, and hopefully through this series of shows we're going to do together, the everyday person or people that aren't in the NFT space can really experience, you know what, what I think is the art of the future for sure. Yeah. And we have, we're going to be showcasing 11 generative artists in this show and just kind of the selection behind it, we worked very closely with you on who was going to be included in the show and the curatorial angle of input-output and the human behind the machine. Do you want to speak about any of the artists in the show or kind of the relationships you've built with them over the last two years that have culminated to this point? No, definitely. So the artists that we've chosen for this sort of show, I, I feel like it really sort of follows a journey of people that really pioneered the genuine art space in the world of Web3. So if you look at some of the artists, Tyler Hobbs is probably one of the artists that really sort of started my art journey. It's quite amazing, you know, he, he has a, definitely a, a very unique sensibility for what he creates. There's also a, a very sort of a natural harmony to what, what he creates. You know, it's, as I said before, you know, it's, how do you create something that reminisces nature or reminisces the human touch using code? And I think that sort of juxtaposition between sort of human nature and computer made is I think what makes his work so beautiful. And it's like a fine wine, you know, the more you understand it, the more you appreciate it and the more you sort of let it breathe and really understand that, wow, this is made by code, not, not just brushwork on Photoshop. Let me pull up the list here because I, I don't want to alienate anybody. <laughs> Yeah, but you have a couple physical Tyler works in your collection as well, don't you? If I'm correct, prints. 
You know what? I haven't got his work done in a physical yet. Like, there's one particular piece that I have. This year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I saw the piece, and as you have a Tyler piece, you can print out a physical. And I said to him, hey, like, it's one of his only sort of pure black and white pieces. And, and I, in my research, I was looking at different types of black paints. And um, there's the one that's registered by Anish Kapoor that is the world's blackest black. But, you know, of course, we can't use that, right? So then I was like, what's the next best option? So there's a company in Japan which creates a paint pretty much 99.6% absorbs light. So, for example, you know, if you painted a drink bottle with that paint and um, you had it on a, a black background, you wouldn't even see it. I had a brief discussion with Tyler and I was like, hey, you know, I've, I've found the world's blackest paint. You know, why don't we try and create the physical of this piece using this sort of paint? So that's the level of, of collaboration that, that I really, really um, enjoy with, with particular artists, you know, um, which goes back to the same philosophy that, you know, we're really here to help artists in the space. And another one, for example, you know, Andre's racing, uh, I fell in love with this chair that he created. And, and I was like, you know what, we need to create a, a short film for it and, and showcase to the world your creation process. So that took about a year, actually. And, and that was recently just finished a few weeks ago. And I actually totally forgot about it. And then he, he wrote to me saying, hey, the, the documentary is done. And I was like, oh, look at that. You know, a year's gone past. Yeah, it goes to something here at UNIT that we say a lot is collaboration over competition. And I think this whole show is like a testament to the space and like what we're all trying to achieve here is, you know, we have, we're all coming together to make something greater than us. It's not just a single actor that can exist in the space alone. You really have to build that community and uplift each other. And so I really think with the artist list that's chosen, all these artists are so passionate about collaboration and working together, as well as like the curatorial angle of what does it mean to be an artist today in generative art and kind of questioning that relationship with machine as well. And so this list of 11 artists is, I would say, one of the best lists like curated and these artists are at the top of their careers and the work that's going to be shown is just going to be magical. And so it's just been great working with you on selecting the artists and the artworks as well. So it kind of segues way into the other question I had is like what today in the NFT ecosystem and the digital art and contemporary art as a whole, what do you think is like the role of the collector? Because that's kind of been like the question a lot of people have been throwing around is, oh, should a collector just stay in their lane? Or what does it look like when everyone has like a hand in different things? You know what? I definitely think that as a collector, you should try and help the artists and try and push the space forward. Like you mentioned before, you know, if you look at the people that, that were chosen, we have people from different cultures from all around the world. I reminisce this phone call with William Mapan and, and when I had a chat with him, he's like, oh my God, like I'm actually going to meet some of these friends of mine that I've actually never met before in, in London. And when he said that, I was like, oh my God, you know, and he's like, yeah, like, you know, I know all these guys, they're all my best friends from, from the internet, but I've never actually met them before in, in real life. And you know what? I think it's, it's these in real life, you know, IRL, as a lot of people in the work free space call it, these in these in real life event moments where, you know, artists meet collectors and collectors meet artists or even artists meet artists. These moments, I think, are, are probably, in essence, for in our code, are probably one of the most beautiful moments ever, just because, you know what, a lot of people in, in the digital space, they're always online. You know, your, your life is, is in, in the metaverse or on, on the internet, you know, and, and that was part of the, our name was AOI, art on the internet, you know, and you know what? I really hope that, you know, in the show in, in October, 
all these artists will, will get together and finally meet each other and, and finally, you know, share a drink together and, and celebrate what an incredible, you know, one and a half years, <laughs> the duration of the world of NFTs that has brought them together, you know? Yeah, and I think it will do just that. I think there was so much of a great reaction when we just released this last week, the artist list, and now we're getting to start to release the artwork. And I think this show will just be a moment because the level of talent here, I think just is incredible. Kind of getting into the ending of our podcast here, I just wanted to ask like one more kind of questions on kind of getting back to the future of AOI. And we've talked about how we want to make this durational exhibition, but can you kind of talk about all the other work you're doing with mental health and kind of like the goals there and the future for AOI? No, definitely. So with AOI, right, like I, I always think about what are the current sort of leading sectors in sort of the world of NFTs. And what we've been looking at is, first of all, the metaverse. You know, what is the metaverse? You know, how far can technology take us? We were the first to release probably the most high fidelity, you know, metaverse museum in, in Unreal Engine about a year and a half ago. And that was, you know, in, in partnership with a company called this is very bad. I should know them very well. I've worked with them so much. They're, they're incredible. Memory blank. I'm, I'm so sorry, guys from that team. Um, but, you know, back at that moment, right, you know, people were thinking about the metaverse and, and they were thinking, oh, you know, what is the metaverse and what's possible? And, and you know, in, in our research in the last year and a bit, what we've realized is, you know, I'm speaking with Unreal and a few of the other sort of pixel streaming companies that within two years or even less than two years, that technology will be easily available to everybody. So for sure, the metaverse experience is going to be the next biggest sector. We're starting to see what I would say, you know, DeFi, decentralized finance combined with NFTs. And that's an element where, you know what, you know, you can buy a particular piece and then borrow money from it. It's like instant lending for all your digital art. And that's something that's, you know, a lot of companies are still tinkering with at the moment. But that's basically, you know, what in the next six months, when you buy an NFT, you'll be able to borrow money from it, that you'll be able to stake and, and lend from it. And, and eventually, you know, your NFT will, will, will basically pay you, you know, probably, uh, I don't know, 5 10% yield off your NFTs, which is crazy. But in the art space, you know what, I, I guess that's, that's where our big focus is. You know what, we love um, working with film to tell stories. So I would say that, you know what, we are working on an AY documentary. I'm still very much enamored about the original one-on-one artists that came before Geneva, the Beeples, the Packs, and then, you know, these guys really sort of brought upon change. You know, when Beeples' piece sold for that crazy amount of, of, of money, you know, that really showed to the world that, you know what, wow, NFTs is crazy. You know what I mean? And, and that moment in time, you know, even in Pack as well, right, you know, one of the highest selling artists, you know, people would be like, they're either saying, oh, this is a scam, and, and ah, our goal with AOI is to show people, you know what, this is not a scam. This is a movement. And you know what? As you can see, you know, some of the world's biggest luxury houses, you know, LVMH and, you know, Tiffany & Co., you know, they're starting to do partnerships with punks and, and board up yacht clubs. And that's really validates the, the strength of the community of this space. Tendril Studios, <laughs> those are the guys that helped develop our Metaverse Museum. They're amazing. Um, but yeah, I would say in the next six months, the space is going to grow even more. The level of, you know, NFT photography in the last six months has taken off, you know, and, and we're going to start seeing NFTs change from still images to videos to audio to things that, are, you know, what you strap on your VR headset and, and the NFT will evolve during the day, will evolve with the weather or, or the movement of your body or, you know, we're going to see art just transcend 
what's possible. But on the other hand, which I think is super important, like we mentioned before, you know, I really, really believe in NFT for good. You know what? The power of NFTs can do for transforming communities. One artwork created by an artist in a very remote location could literally support the whole village's, you know, water ecosystem. And Deepak Chopra's foundation have a, um, a, a NFT company called Sever Love, uh, a guy called Punancha. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. And those guys are doing really, really amazing work where they partner with some of the leading charities and also some of the leading artists to put their works together and, and create real impact. You know, And I think that to me is, is where creativity and, and technology can come together and, and really create impact for people in need. And I do think, you know what, within our code, within the next few shows, we're going to see some really interesting activations where artists and collectors will, will, will give back. Because think about this, right? You know, one NFT that is perpetually sold with, you know, 2.5% royalties, if the artist chooses to decide that all the royalties goes to a charity, that's 2.5% charity for the rest of the lifetime with that particular piece of art. And that's super powerful. And that's something that I, I don't think has been fully activated yet. But when it does, right, you know, like, can you imagine a movement, you know, 100 of the top digital artists every year, you know, creating one, one massive auction every year and all proceeds goes to charity, all of the royalties goes to charity and and. I honestly think, you know, that particular movement, and, you know, we should do this, right, would be the most powerful art-driven charity in the world. For sure, it would generate the most amount of money. So that's something that, you know what, that we're at AOI is super passionate about. We've got some incredible people um, working on our team that, that are working on all of these ideas that I've just spoken about. So hopefully, you know what, in the next few months, we can share more about, we can showcase sort of all the ideas that we have bubbling. And we're super excited to be part of that journey. And with the start of the podcast, we're focusing on the artists within our code. And we're so thankful for you to be the first guest. Before we get into our ending question, I just wanted you to highlight the master classes real quick. Because since it's going to be in conjunction with the artists in this show, I just want you guys to give a little shout out to what you guys are doing on Discord. Yeah, so, so every Friday, right, we want to showcase the world of the artists, you know, like, it's almost like, you know what, you enter the studio of the artist and you know what, it's, it'll be a, a small panel, put in the artist, the artist will do a screen share and showcase a little bit of, of their magic. I think, you know what, a lot of people just see art as the end product. And when you really get to understand, first of all, how the artist got to the artwork, but second of all, really, you're literally next to the artist. The artist is speaking with you, chatting with you about his software, his philosophies, and, and you can learn from him. And, and that's something that I think really, it's something that's, that's missing in the space. And hopefully through, in our code, through all the 11, you know, all the 11 artists and, and, and seeing that their sort of world and, you know, directly, um, you know what, you can really find a newfound appreciation for, for what they do. Most importantly, you know, I think like you said before, we're in this space together and it is all about giving back. And what I hope is that through this sort of, you know, call it masterclass, but call it, you know, gratitude and, and learning, the artist can really help other artists. And that's what the space is about. It's about sort of growing the next generation of creatives. And hopefully this, this masterclass session in studios will really help people. Yeah. And it's going to be great. So everyone tune in and you can find it on more information on our Twitter that's shared between both of us in our code, as well as we are unit London and are on the internet Twitters. But we are wanting to end with three questions and we're going to do this for every podcast. So for these next questions, we just ask for you to answer them either in one word or one sentence. So the first one is what inspires you most in this space? Probably love and art, love and art. You know, 
when you speak to an artist, you fall in love with who they are, their energy and their, their passion and art. You know, I fall in love with art as well. So it's love and art are probably what inspires me the most. Perfect. And what is one artist that you would love to own an NFT by that you have, kind of have your eyes on right now or in talking to? I would probably say an artist called Xcopy. I've been watching his works since day one and his prices have just gone up and up and up and up. <laughs> and some of his earlier works, you know, he was one of the original artists on Super Rare. Some of his 2018 pieces are, you know, what really embody the, the cyberpunk sort of space of, of NFTs. So I'll probably be X copy. And then our last question is, what technological advancements do you think the space needs or what do you think is coming? You know what? ETH is becoming, you know, proof of stake very soon, which makes it environmentally friendly and, and all, all this sort of stuff. It's probably not the technology that, that's missing, you know, because the technology is the way it is. It's probably the experience of, of NFTs. So I would say that, you know what, better frames to display NFTs, better ways to buy it, you know, on your mobile, you know, making it more accessible to a broader audience. I think those are the things that, you know, that's what, that's what you know, code's about, right? You know, how do you make the experience of buying, experiencing, collecting an NFT worth it? You know, after all, you know, it is more than just a, a picture on the, on the wall, you know, and that's, and that's I think, what, what NFT is about, right? It's, it's really a, a movement. It's really a very important part of, of history, which I think is going to get more and more exciting. You know, you look at a lot of these, you know, in real life NFT events that are happening all around the world and, and everyone's upping the one that's, that, that came before it. So I would say, yeah, experience is, is more important than, than technology. Yeah, and we couldn't and we couldn't agree more. And so thank you, AOI, so much for being the first guest on Unit on Chain. And to the audience, we're so excited to launch in our code, which will the physical show will go live here in London at Unit London on September 13th and go to October 16th in 2022. So we welcome everyone to come view it in person because um, it's going to be quite the experience of walking through an exhibition and being able to see these artworks in like in a physical IRL format, but as well as you'll be able to view all the work online. So stay tuned for more information. And thank you again, AOI. Thank you very much, Abigail. And um, yeah, I very much look forward to the show and I hope everyone is excited as, as we are. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into Unit on Chain, a podcast series from Unit London. Visit our generative art exhibition in our code at Unit London on display from September 13th to October 16th. You can find the transcript of this conversation on our blog at unitlondon.com. Subscribe to our podcast and tune in next week, where we'll be talking to Iskra Vidalichkova, Emily G, and William Upon about spiritualism behind generative art. Join AOI's Discord channel for Friday Masterclass, an exclusive look into the creative process of some of today's top NFT artists. Find the links in the description below.